the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the first edition from 2022 of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I am joined by my co-host, uh, the, the first time for 2022, Doug Hauser, who is also with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the uh, California School Choice Foundation. Hi. Hi. <laughs> the kind of incisive commentary Happy that New we Year. get from Doug Hauser. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. A couple of things that struck me this week, and one is a larger article that dealt with truth. And this is on Gateway Pundit. A failed nation is marked when truth is discarded and replaced with untruth. And another one was just a local article in the, um, if I get the right pronunciation, it was the Conejo Guardian in Ventura County. Okay. Small newspaper up there. I don't know what the circulation is. Uh, but just re- they were reporting that local nurses who wanted to remain anonymous were reporting an overwhelming number of heart attacks, clotting, and strokes. Hmm. And the doctors were, wow, oh, gee, what, what, what's, what could this be about? And they were categorically refusing to d- discuss, consider, and never mind document that the cause was the cause was the vax, hmm. okay. And I've seen other videos where nurses are start, they're they're starting to speak out against this, and uh, they're really, they're really related. Is you have this kind of a, the, the macro level of just the decline of truth in society. Everything is a lie. Everything is a spin. Right. And down to the micro level of we're not you know see no vax, hear no vax. No, no, say no vax. And these are medical professionals that are supposedly, we used to be able to trust them because truth and trust go together. If you, can, if you, if you don't believe someone's telling you the truth, you're not going to trust them. Of course not. Right. And can a society I, survive with this? I, mean, I, you know, I agree. And, uh, you know, as you know, I was a scientist and I was extremely disappointed when uh, a year and a half ago, um, a group of scientists, I think it was about a thousand of them, signed a letter saying that the riots in the streets, the uh, the um, Black Lives Matter and Antifa demonstrations were permissible, though other political gatherings were not because blah, 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 because uh, racism is such a threat to our society, is such a public health threat. And at the time, I was shocked since that was such a political judgment, obviously not a scientific judgment. And my disappointment in my own profession, my previous profession has just it has not subsided. Um, uh, In addition, many, many doctors, many, many nurses knew a year ago that a bunch of this stuff was going on was was nonsense, that they themselves didn't need to be vaccinated. They should have proper exemptions, proper modes for exemptions. And if they had stood up then, if they had stood up back at the beginning when this was first happening and said, this is what it is. And even if they only represented 10 or 20 or 25 percent of all the doctors and nurses, that would have been enough to change the public conversation in a way that we would have seen the benefits by now uh, to a much greater degree. It's it's good that they're starting to stand up now, but it is very, very late in the game. Oh, it is. And We've had this. We had this new disease come along, and where it came from, I think. I think most like any any fair-minded observer is go or is good would clue that it is highly likely it came from the Chinese bioweapons lab in Wuhan. Whether it was that whether that was released intentionally or unintentionally, or having been released was intentionally allowed to spread and, and the Chinese, clearly the Chinese government covered it up and concealed information about it as it spread around right. the world. Again, whether that was just typical government CYA 
or whether that was a more nefarious intent to conduct a, uh, a, a biological warfare on the world. Right, or, or somewhere in between. If we're going to suffer with it, then everybody else is going to suffer with it as well. Right. Like misery loves company type philosophy. And then the, 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 the governments and ruling classes around the world seized upon this to restrict freedom, expand their power, and make huge boatloads, fleet loads of money off of it. Right. And to consolidate their power. They observed quite correctly and quickly that it was a much more effective means of doing that than the global warming scare. Most people are not afraid of global warming 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now. They instinctively realize that that's very nebulous. But when there's a germ that's actually spreading through the population, you could see its effects. Even when it's a statistically small effect, it was a much more effective vehicle for them to scare people into compliance. And the pictures of people in the overcrowded hospitals. And people die. Yeah, there was, there was something. You're absolutely right. It was something about dying of a disease made people afraid much more than anything else. In fact, the, the global warmers are, were jealous and envious. <laughs> you know, you see, they're green with envy over how they were able to manipulate people with, right. with, 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 this, with this disease. But conversely with this was, from the get-go, was censorship of any competing ideas. You have a new disease, we're going to try something we've never tried. Let's lock down all the healthy people. As far as I know, that's never, never been, been tried done. in history, any place, any time. Never been done before. Okay. Correct. So you might think, okay, well, maybe if you try that, you'd want, well, let's, let's, let's be examining this. What, is it working? And what are the other negative effects from this new strategy? But no, it was, it was not that. Any dissenting opinions were censored. Right. including from prof- medical professionals, and it was just mindless propaganda, stay home, save lives, stay home, save lives. Right. In fact, just recently, just this week, the uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who invented the MNRA, mRNA process from which the so-called, vax, so-called vaccine was derived, was permanently suspended on Twitter for... Misinformation. For talking about his own invention. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't, you, certainly, there's someone, you, you can't rely on that person, can you? Right. What he said was it was never intended to be used as a vaccine against active diseases. That, um, that it's to be a long-term treatment, a preventative um, a treatment when you have already acquired it or in the early stages, but it was not intended to be a long-term vaccine. Now, I think, knowing what I know of the technology, that it does have potential in the future for use as a vaccine against emerging diseases. But in this case, we know that there was so much political pressure. Things were rushed. Procedures and and, uh, testing that normally would take four, five, six years was compressed to within a year um, because it was perceived as an emergency situation. And while that may be appropriate at first, we now have the information to know we've got therapeutics, masks don't work shutdowns don't work lockdowns don't work that when you're outside you're actually safer than when you're inside and things like that and so much of this the press the media and the political establishment have invested themselves in those original stories and so to go back and say uh by the way that was all wrong it it's a difficult thing to do but it's the proper thing to do say it was well-intentioned we meant for this to happen, we thought that this was the situation. We've now discovered that it's wrong. Let's go back and start over and do it this way, which is what we now know the data indicates. It's a very difficult thing for human beings to do. Um, but in this case, it's absolutely necessary. And there's got to be somebody. And if these doctors and nurses are starting to be the front lines of expressing that viewpoint, that is a good thing, uh, even though, as I said, it's a little bit belated. I mean, there are, there are larger studies that, that are almost, it's almost daily you see something that shows that this vax is bad stuff. And maybe there are some, you know, some doctors we had at the, at the Red Lips Tea Party Patriots, we, we've had, we had Dr., um, I can't think of the guy's name. Anyways, he had studied this and his categorically everyone, don't take it. And Dr. Simon Gold, who founded America's Frontline Doctor, says, well, you know, if you're over 70, you got some health problems, maybe talk to your doctor, evaluate your situation, and maybe for someone like that, 
That's that's it where makes I would, sense. That's where I would come down. Now I have not looked at the data in great detail, but that's where I would come down. Is if you're a person with diabetes, person who's obese, a person with respiratory problems, especially an older uh, adult, then in these cases, certainly talk to your doctor and find out. And for those people, there probably is, I believe, some benefit to doing it. But for young, healthy people, it's a big waste of time and effort. What's well, worse than a waste of time? It's much worse than that. And there was just another article that just in the, not the, not the big study, just a, like the the article from the Conejo Guardian in Ventura County. This one was from a, a school district in New York had sent out an email to the parents that says, one such effort has to do with new regulations regarding sudden cardiac arrest. All districts are now required to ensure that nurses and coaches can address the treatment and monitoring of students who exhibit signs and symptoms of sudden cardiac arrest. This is K-12 schools. Right. That used to be incredibly, incredibly rare. That's I had not heard that, but that's a frightening thought. Is there now? Why would they be sending that out? Right. Uh, Obviously, there must be some evidence. I would hope that it's based on some evidence that the shot or perhaps the virus is causing some kind of uh, sudden cardiac arrest. Um, I had not heard that um, yet, but uh, I'll have to look at that. And why would children who are at 0.00% risk from this disease... Right. Uh, well, I absolutely give would them not. an experimental vaccine. Right. I absolutely would would not recommend anybody under the age of eighteen. I believe, as of the last update, out of about eighty five million people in the United States who are under the age of eighteen, there's been less than a thousand deaths. So we're talking a one in a hundred thousand chance. That is so slim. Um, as I, I said in a speech to a school board the other week, that the child probably has more of a chance of being killed in a car accident on the way to school than dying of COVID or having a really serious complication out of it. That that risk is so small, approaching zero, that I would say anybody under the age of 18 and probably in the, in, under the age of 21 should probably not get this at all. Again, unless there might be some unusual circumstances where where a young person has a respiratory illness or some other comorbidity that their doctor may say, for you, the risks of the vaccine are less than the risks of the COVID, especially the Delta variant, which is still the predominant one. Um, and in such a case, that person should maybe get it. But certainly the idea of requiring it for all school children is just a crazy idea in my mind. Yes, and we'll close this out here with uh, Robert F. Kennedy, who we've quoted in the last couple of months. And I never, I never thought in doing this show that we would be quoting favorably <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah, who would have thought? Yes, I mean, he had, we quoted him uh, some, some weeks ago, and he said that uh, we need to love our liberty more than we fear a germ. But this week, right. he, but this week he, was, he was being interviewed. He said, well, you know, why are they coming after the kids with the vaccine? Well, as long as the vaccine is experimental, the the vax companies are immune. If it becomes approved for adults, they're liable. But if it's approved and recommended for children as well as adults, then the vax companies are immune from the harms to the children, to, to, not to everyone. So once the vax is approved and recommended for children, the vax company is immune even if the vax causes problems in adults. That is a crazy situation. How did such a law or situation arise? I, I, that seems absurd. You'd think, if anything, damage to children should be more actionable than damage to adults because children have more of their lives ahead of them. They, there's... There's more to lose. It shows, Do you know how, how such a sit legislative situation arose? Well, the, 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 uh, the, I'm sure the, big, the pharma companies who are very influential and, and give out a lot of money uh, were there to, you know, when you're drafting this law, Mr. Congressman, we need to have this immunity in here. And no one else was observing. I mean, this got passed. I don't know when it was passed, but, there's, but there was no public attention to it. Hmm. It wasn't an issue at the time. Uh, but the pharma companies were there to right. influence the result. Right. But at the time, there, even, even Joe Biden was saying that the idea of a vaccine mandate 
was yeah. not on the table. Right so on. that's why everybody thought if this is optional, then you're taking the risk yourself. It seems to me like they've stood uh, Spider-Man's dictum on its head, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Spider-Man who said, uh, where there is great power, there is also great responsibility? They've gone the other way. Where there is great power, we have no responsibility. Yes, right? but trust the science. Great. Yeah, just, just trust them. Let's, let's hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of uh, Planet Home Lending, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. I'll be back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escaped from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Pleased to be joined by Doug Hauser as my co-host for this week at our first show of 2022. When Biden ran for president, uh, when he wasn't hiding in the basement, uh, he... One of his one of his one of the arguments they made, or one of the case that the, to elect to Biden was he was going to bring the country together after all of these divisive years under Donald Trump. Of course, it was them that made it divisive. F Donald Trump and using the deep state to undermine him and making up this Trump Russia collusion. And anytime you oppose the leftist agenda, they say you're being, being divisive. divisive. Yes. Anyways, so Biden promised he was going to bring the country together, and it looks like. Finally, at least in part, we found something that both sides can agree upon. And our side has been, you know, ever since that, uh, with Brandon, the race car driver, and uh, you know, the, the, the crowd was shouting after he won the race, F. Joe Biden, they weren't abbreviated. And the uh, reporters said, oh, look, this isn't wonderful. They're saying, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> so that, that's, that's kind of take it off. So now, we, we now have something we can agree upon, even Joe Biden. I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thank Christmas you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> yeah. agree. Hey, by the way, where are you in Oregon? <laughs> Where's your home? I think we lost him. Yeah, he's not Spe- the only one that's lost. Yeah, Spe- <laughs> speaking of being lost. <laughs> And what was, what was amazing was is that he demonstrated uh, demonstrated in real time, and Dinesh D'Souza pointed this out, that this guy is a clueless puppet Brand, that uh, the Brandon is. He has no idea what's going on. And so, so he would, so he had no idea that he had just someone had just said "f you," right? And he's yeah, really, f me. <laughs> I agree. It would be funny. It is funny, but it's also very, very sad. Very sad. Coming back to our first subject of truth, so they the the media was able to cover up for enough people that this is a clueless dolt who is coming with dementia or Alzheimer's and has no business building running a business. He has no business running a running a running a uh, running a, a restaurant. Never right. mind uh, being president of the United States. An, an interesting question would be to ask a Democrat friend. Would you trust Joe Biden, not his advisors, not his wife, not his son, but would you trust him with your family's finances? And all the Democrats I've asked, not a single one can honestly say, oh, yeah, I I would trust him. Well, um, I would if I can if I can get uh, also get a 10 percent cut from all the money that Hunter Biden is collecting around the world. Right. I'm saying if he could would actually manage the money you've got and the money you've come in, would you trust him to manage it? And the answer, of course, is no. Well, the other the other thing, would you would you, would you trust Joe Biden to be alone with your child? Right. I saw a great film the other day. I'm not sure how old it was. 
of him approaching again a little girl who was being held up by her parents and the little girl turned away turned away and he kept creeping up and creeping up on her and she finally swung her arm up yeah to, to block him elbow yeah block him oh it, it was just beautiful i said that little girl, maybe four or five years old, she's smarter than the President of the United States. Yeah, Karate Kid Part 4, <laughs> coming up. But it's more serious. So who is making the decisions on behalf of the President? Yeah, Biden, may, they may trot him out. And interestingly, you never see him in the Oval Office. It's always some Potemkin set someplace. Right. They even had a fake Oval Office, didn't they, for one TV slot? Yeah, they, they, they may have, but, but you just don't see him in the Oval Office meeting people and giving a, giving announcements, giving addresses. I, I, is that? I, don't, I don't think we have any idea who is pulling the strings. My own guess is that he's got a string puller for each issue. So on questions of the virus, he waits for Fauci to tell him what to do. And perhaps on questions of the economy, he has somebody else telling him what to do. Maybe Jen Psaki is telling him what to do on certain issues uh, that she wants to be able to defend, though she doesn't do a great job of it um, at the podium. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure that there is one person behind the throne doing this. I think there's a group that, that, are, that, are, that are making decisions uh, because COVID policy is based on politics. Right. So it's not it's not it's not what Fauci is going to recommend. Fauci will go out and uh, support and defend whatever political COVID policy the decision makers come up with. Oh, okay. You think so? Um, maybe that's very well, hard to know without having you, you, you know, you, electronic right. surveillance devices listening in on the conversations. It's really hard for the public to know what's going on. You watch how Fauci flips back and forth. Uh, originally at the outset, no, there's no reason to wear a mask. It's not going to do any good to once that became political policy. Yes, you, you, you need to wear a mask. You need to wear more than one mask. Yes. Two or three or four at a time is yeah, better. And, pre- and preferably one over your eyes so you don't see what's going on. <laughs> so... Uh, they, so they've they've pulled they they have pulled off this scam that there is some person or persons that are making decisions as the president that they try then they trot Biden out to try to read it properly off a teleprompter and not uh, go over and fondle and sniff some little kid right. in the process. In in the end, if the policies that those people were suggesting were good policies. It wouldn't matter very much. I mean, we do know that most presidents, uh, it's just a very complex job. They have teams of advisors to tell them. And while the president is usually the one making the final decision, um, if he was taking the advice of his experts and generally following that, and that was actually good advice leading to good policies, I don't think the public would care so much, but we see on issue after issue, whether it's the border, whether it's the energy policy, whether it's inflation, whether it's filling the job slots that are now open, whether it's foreign policy in Afghanistan or foreign policy dealing with China or Russia or Iran, every policy seems to be the opposite of what is required in that situation. Well, Tucker called Tucker, Tucker Carlson called it. He said that they're trying to wreck the country. And now I'll, exp- I'll expand on that. And, and if you look at what they're doing through that lens, and only if you look at it through that lens, what they're doing makes sense. I sort of have to agree that, you know, if you were just flipping a coin, you'd be right half the time. You'd come up with the correct policy half the time. And the famous saying, right, even a stopped clock is correct twice a day. It doesn't seem like they've been correct on anything. Uh, wasn't Jen Psaki actually asked the other day, can you name a policy that the Biden administration has administered since they've been in there that has actually been a success? And her answer was, I'll have to talk to the president and get back to you about that. I'll circle back to you yeah. on that one. And I've heard other people who have had that job say, "You, that's a standard question. You always have to have something in your pocket to say, well, here's what we did that was good. You know, that even if it was something very trivial, you could at least say here was a success. And they didn't have a single one that they could quote. Well, you would know just by working in the administration, you would know, yes, and, and you'd be able to rattle off five or ten things at any point to say, yeah, right. we did this, and we did this, and we did this, and then we did this, and we did this. Right. And this is not unique to Joe Biden. L- let me just say, remind everybody that Hillary Clinton, when she was running for president, was asked the same question. 
What did you accomplish as Secretary of State that benefited the American public? And she had no answer. The answer her, her aides ended up giving was something along the lines of, she has traveled more than any other Secretary of State in history, as if that is some kind of accomplishment and not merely a pastime. Right, yeah. Uh, build up those frequent flyer miles. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the time we have for the first half. Please stay tuned for this exciting second half of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, heard weekends right here on AM590 The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Doug Hauser, also with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the California School Choice Foundation. We'll be discussing more about the Educational Freedom Act later uh, in, in this half hour. John Adams said that, remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There was never a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. It is in vain to say that democracy is less vain, less proud, less selfish, less ambitious, or less avarice than aristocracy or monarchy. It is not true, in fact, and nowhere appears in history. Those passions are the same in all men, under all forms of simple government, when unchecked produce the same effects of fraud, violence, and cruelty. Abraham Lincoln This is 1838. All the armies of Europe, Asia, and Africa combined with all the treasure of the earth, our own accepted, in their military chest with a Bonaparte for a commander, could not by force take a drink from the Ohio or make a track on the Blue Ridge in a trial of a thousand years. At what point, then, is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it is ever to reach us, it must spring up amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. So, on this first show of 2022, are we, I, mean, I think we'd agree it's in America's in decline, is America falling. Every nation, every empire in history has risen and at some point fallen. Is this our time or can we turn things around? Well, I think we can turn things around. It's late in the day, but I do believe more and more people are waking up to what's going on. They see that these leftist policies are leading to decline. Um, They do not feel that it is inevitable. That's why people are yelling and arguing and perhaps even, you know, in some cases, threatening violence against school boards, because that's a place that hits very, very close to home for a lot of them. Um, And so uh, I we see in the the shrinking uh, popularity numbers for President Biden and for Kamala Harris, 
uh, we, I think we are seeing an awakening of the American people. We have an advantage that previous empires did not. And that is that we can look at history and see what has happened. We can look at the Roman Empire and see why it fell. We can look at the Ottoman Empire and see why it fell and the Austro-Hungarian Empire and see why it fell. And that's what the purpose of studying history is to avoid the mistakes of the past. So, you know, the famous saying, those who do not understand the past are doomed to repeat it. Uh, Hopefully we can avoid that. And I do see hopeful signs that the American people, the broad majority in the middle who are not ideologues and are not, you know, especially politically astute, not not the listeners of this radio show, for example, these people who are listening to us now, I would assume are much more in tune, much more in touch with what's going on than the average person in the street. But even the average person in the street is hit by high gas prices, by empty shelves, by illegal immigrants and high crime in their neighborhoods and and a declining education system, which they have now been exposed to in quotes, uh, no pun intended, uh, through, because of the long distance learning that their kids have experienced over the last year. And all these things have sounded the alarm bells in a lot, a lot of people. But there's also the equally, uh, equally uh, famous, uh, maybe even more apt saying about history is he who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. Right. So you mentioned Rome. learning the lessons of the Roman Empire, the Ottoman Empire, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and others. Um, you know, I guess probably if maybe a fair number of people would at least, oh yeah, I've, I've heard of the Roman Empire. What would you, the over-under, 2% of people in this country, if you polled them, would know, would know anything or even heard of the Ottoman Empire. I'll bet I the under. Say- Oh, I, I would go over on 2%. That's, a, that's mm. pretty low. But you're right. It's probably less. I would be pretty sure it's about less than 10%. So what we, we have is a systematic undermining of all, of all aspects of our society, including our religious, our religious foundation. Uh, getting back to John Adams, our constitution was made for a moral and religious people, and it's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen is over the last 50 years or more, a systematic undermining of religion, both dry, trying to drive it out of the public square and driving people in the government-run schools and universities from believing in God, and even and then also undermining the church from within. So it's, be, it's this kind of mushy, liberal, if not outright leftist organization that really doesn't teach what's in the Bible. Or in the Torah, your the, the local the, the local synagogue. It's headed by a female rabbi lesbian who's married to another woman. Yes, and she's a very nice person. I have to say, um, whether it's appropriate for her to be teaching the Torah and the laws of the Torah is another question. Like I say, she, she's she's very nice. She has sermons, you know, that deal with morality in a general sense and even specific issues that are sometimes right on, but it is not a biblical morality. Obviously, she is not living a biblical morality in her own life. And so, you know, it's a case of physician heal thyself. Um, so, yeah, to me, that that is somewhat problematic to... <laughs> To coin a phrase. Well, once when, when, you say that your moral judgment is better than God's on any issue, why is why defer to God on anything? Right. And to your earlier point that people don't know about the Ottoman Empire, or if you ask them what is the cause of the fall of the Roman Empire, they couldn't elucidate it. That's not as important to me as having leaders who will explain what will go on. Because my experience is that People do have common sense. That's why it's called common sense. And when they hear something that has the ring of truth, they understand it. They believe it. It has to be explained sometimes, even at the basic level of what causes the decline, um, you know, a lack of boldness, uh, too, too much timidity and, you know, fearing for individual safety, uh, you know, at the cost of all else or whatever the case may be. And when when our leaders will make that argument they will be understood and people will then know the thing in quotes, even though they themselves could not have articulated those arguments. That is the purpose, in fact, of leaders 
is to say, here is the way, here's what we're going to do. And I do believe when you talk about issues like border security and productivity being the basis of the economy, not consumerism, people will understand those things. They will, they will realize if not, you can illustrate it with simple cases that show that, you know, plenty of countries can consume, consume, consume. That doesn't enable them to produce and to become wealthy countries. The wealthy countries are those that produce. Okay, but you're dealing with a also come with the same over the same time or the same roughly fifty years, maybe longer, is a concerted effort to dumb down the population. Just by way of giving you know, an example, a uh, professor Tony Lima from the uh, from Cal State University in the East Bay says that uh, Cal State University is today graduating students who cannot do basic algebra, supposedly a requirement for admission to the university. They also cannot compose a paragraph, much less uh, an entire research paper. And then I, just, I read recently from Orwell again, who's increasingly looking like a prophet. Oh, yeah is that uh, if people cannot write well, they cannot think well. If they cannot think well, others will do their thinking for them. Right. And that is what has happened. Um, I saw a statement uh, recently. It was, again, a, a sort of a cartoon that said, if you let the pigs in the farm vote who would be their leader, they would vote for the guy who gives them food. Even though that guy is ultimately going to butcher them and eat them. <laughs> okay? So... We have to overcome those sort of animal instincts, that animal feelings um, of I, I want comfort, I want to be taken care of. But again, I believe that if leaders explain this, and it may be that at this time there are only leaders on one side that are willing to explain this. The leaders on the other side are perfectly willing to say, oh yeah, we'll take care of you. It'll all be fine in the end. Just trust us. Just believe us. Just take the handout. We need our leaders to explain why that is not true. And I still do believe that there will be enough people who will say this, this side is right and that side is wrong. I, I hope you're right, but I think we're increasingly losing the, that ability to make that... Uh to make that discernment. The other unprecedented aspect of our situation, I think, is this. And I can't think of any instance in which this has happened and it happened previously in history. Yeah, there, there have been cruel and incompetent leaders. They may, have, they may have made things worse for their countries and worse for their people. But I don't know that there has ever been a um, situation where the leadership the, the large majority of the, quote, leaders, unquote, of a country or civilization have turned against the civilization and the country and their people and have affirmatively wanted to tear them down, which is what which I think is what we have now. And this, I think it's, it's in that sense, I think our situation is unprecedented. And I think that future historians, assuming if and when an honest history of this time is written, I think historians will puzzle about how the ruling class, the leaders who have done the best out of the system, would have turned against a system that produced more freedom, more prosperity for more people than anything in history and sought to tear that down. Yeah, uh, I agree. There, there, there is a paradox there. This is, as uh, somebody pointed out, this is the first revolution that seems to be the ruling class against the lower class. Usually revolutions are the lower class trying to overthrow the ruling class. And here we have kind of the opposite. These, these uh, spoiled and pampered athletes and celebrity movie stars basically hate the country that gave them their wealth and their success. And they have turned against the thing, which I presume is the reason they got successful, which is that they worked hard at what they do and they survived. They ran the gauntlet to, to emerge at the tops of their professions. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt that that is, you know, a, a puzzling and troublesome thing, but I still basically put my faith not in the elites um, because the elites fall and disasters happen and you had the French revolutions le leading to the reign of terror. But I will still basically put my faith in the average person in the street. I believe in an America and in Western societies in general, the vast majority of people are good people. They want to get along with their neighbors. They want to be successful in, a, in an honest, decent way. Um, they want, you know, success for those around them as well. Um, and they they have they are 
basically ethical. They want to do the right thing. And I'll put my faith that when the right thing is shown to them, they will see it just to, to give a little weird story. My, my son's friends used to come over to our house and they would say, what are we going to do? They'd want to play a video game or they'd watch some modern movie with lots of explosions and car chases or whatever. And after they would indulge in that, I'd say, let's watch a good movie. Have you ever seen Mr. Smith goes to Washington? Have you ever seen Casablanca? Have you ever seen, you know, singing in the rain? And they'd say, Oh, come on. Those movies are old. They're black and white. I say, let's sit here. Let's watch. Or I would say, Let's read a story and I'd pull a Sherlock Holmes off the shelf or a Damon Runyon or an O. Henry and we'd take turns, we'd read it, we'd read it around and my experience is at the end of those experiences, all his friends would say, that was really good. That was, I, that was good. That was much better than the one we just watched that we thought was good. This was better. And so that always gave me hope that quality, high quality will be recognized when people are exposed to it. And this was just kids, you know, so they're, they have a certain honesty about them. They're not tied down to their beliefs that they've established for a lifetime. They would come out of seeing Casablanca and go, that ending was really good. It, it, they couldn't always express it. You know, I want to be like that guy. You know, it gave them something to aspire to an idea of what heroism is, what goodness is. You know, as well as being entertaining along the way in a way that the other movies, they say, you know, now that you think about it, it, they're all kind of the same. They have explosions. They have car chases. You know, the good guys can end up, you know, taking 20 punches and delivering one punch and winning the fight. You know what I mean? So the fact that they could recognize high quality when they were exposed to it gives me hope. What we have to do is have our leaders and our parents and our teachers actually expose the kids to high quality stuff and we can turn this thing around i believe it well our leaders and teachers are not going to do that uh, the, the citizens may be able to uh, to rise up and uh, and, and do these things Let's our current a- leaders won't do it but right. we can still elect leaders and empower leaders who will do it well, we shall see, uh, and I hope that you are right. Uh, we're going to delve into a specific aspect of our predicament, the uh, government-run schools, and what we can do about that after this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton. My co-host this week is is Doug Hauser, and we're discussing just little questions like the rise and fall of uh, Western civilization in the United States of America, and whether uh, and other such trivia, yeah, and whether whether we can whether we can uh, turn things around, and if we can, it's going to be because the private citizens, the most important political office step up and fulfill the obligations of that office because that's what that's what it'll take and there's a one particular aspect of this is education any society any country to survive must pass on its culture its tradition and its history to succeeding generations and the idea that this, these these are things worth preserving not necessarily perfect but we, our country has done great things in the past, and we want to continue to work to be to, together to do great things in the future. Yes, and that is being systematically undermined in the in the government run schools, uh, as uh, uh, Ronald Reagan said: "If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are." And it's not just forgetting what we've done; it's teaching a perverted, perverse, negative view. Of what we've done, that America from the get-go is this oppressive, slave-owning, uh, tyrannical, oppressive country, misogynistic, right. xenophobic, all, all the all all the, all the ics and isms you can think of. Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Lenin, give us the child for eight years, and it'll be a Bolshevik forever. So the enemy understands, the the bad guys understand 
I think that's the philosophy of the California Teachers Association, too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that uh, training and indoctrinating and teaching the next generation is vitally important. And, in, and here, unlike in Ch- communist China, of course, they try to indoctrinate as best they can the children to support the Chinese Communist Party. But they don't dumb them down. Right. They don't, in China, they do not teach them that getting the right answer in math is racist. Exactly. They still learn their math and their science and their engineering technically correct. They just get a warped political view of the scheme of things. And I don't know, but I'd be willing to bet a substantial sum of money that they do not have women's menstruation products in the men's rooms in China. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't haven't inspected, but I'd be willing to bet. Right. They're not spending a lot of energy on uh, changing men into women or women into men so they can compete in the other sport and argue about which bathroom they should use. Yes. They don't spend a lot of energy on that. So the question then becomes, what can we do about the situation? Not only are the children being dumbed down, they're not being taught useful job skills, but they're being taught to hate the country. And they're taught, you know, crazy stuff like you can, there are more than two genders. You can switch genders back and forth. Uh sexualizing them with this uh, pornographic triple X sex education and so on. And what can we do about it? I think the government run schools in their present form are non-reformable. So we need to get children out of the government run schools. And there are good options. If you want to homeschool, there's a lot of support out there in terms of curriculum, organizations, groups that is not just you and the kids around the dining room table. Right. There's activities, there's field trips, there's sports. You can really custom design. There, there's curricula that you can get that are religious curricula if that's what you want. You can get secular curricula if that's what you want. There are curricula that will specialize in science if that's what your kids are into, that will specialize in art if that's what your kids are into. There, there are many, many options available nowadays. Right. But to get, unfortunately, to get uh, large numbers of our children out of the government-run schools, it's going to take school choice. Right. And both you and I have been active in and uh, both helped in the drafting of it and are doing everything we can to get it on the ballot is the Educational Freedom Act. And this is this this initiative, if passed and enacted by the voters, will give every child a fourteen thousand dollar per year educational savings account. And that'll increase that'll increase over time. Right. As every year. Parents get to choose where to send their children to school. Right. Uh, and if you don't use all the money you can save it for college or, voca- or vocational training. Right. Revolutionary. And we need... An interesting yeah. point is that that funding, that $14,000, does not come from a tax increase. It comes from the money that is already being, I used to say spent, but now I say wasted on the government-run schools. That is about two-thirds of the amount that California spends per pupil, per year. So all we're doing is taking the money from one pot, which is the government-run school pot, and allowing the parents to control their share of it. Um, The way it's instantiated is that they cannot use that money for buying a car. They cannot pay the mortgage for it. It can only be used to send their child to an accredited school or to defray certain qualified homeschooling expenses if they file the file of paperwork to become a homeschooler, which is not a difficult thing to do. So that $14,000, our research shows, is more than enough to send any kid to more than 70% or approximately 70% of the private schools in California. And after this passes, there will be more. There will be many, many schools springing up to take advantage of that for them financial opportunity and for the parents, the educational opportunity. Another important thing to realize is that this is a purely optional program. Anybody who likes what they're currently doing if can li- keep, if you if do. You, if you like your government-run school, you can, you keep, can keep your government-run right. school. If you're school. a homeschooler and you already and you don't want to be involved, you don't have to. If you're filthy rich and you're sending your kids to a, a luxury private school already and you don't want to bother with it, you don't have to. It is a purely optional program. This will help the parents who need it the most inner city parents and rural parents who are trapped by their zip code and are forced because of financial circumstances to send their kid to that local school and they have no choice about it, no real choice. This will not only 
allow them to, it will enable them to send their child to a private school appropriate for that child. With all the good intentions in the world, the teacher dealing with a classroom full of 30 students that are all different cannot really deal with them. The parent knows the child better than anyone else and what that child's needs and desires are and will be able to fulfill them through this plan. I want everybody to go to our website, which is CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. You can sign up to volunteer. It's really easy to do. We are in the process of collecting signatures uh, and you can help. If, if every listener of this show were to go out and get one sheet full of, uh, of signatures, which is six signatures a week, we would turn this thing around. You know, and we would we would not only fix education in California, but we will affect education all across the United States. What starts in California spreads east. Well, this yeah, this will this will when enacted, this will be the educational liberty bell that will ring across Mm -hmm. the country, as you said, and around the world. But we need your help. We need the citizens to step up and fulfill their obligations. We do not have millionaire or billionaire donors who are going to pay for (laughs) yet. Hopefully that comes to pass. But in the meantime, we need the citizens to step up and go, as you say, CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. Sign up to volunteer. The county coordinator will, will contact you. And what we ask is, you know, give us two hours a week. Two hours a week is plenty. Out collecting signatures, two hours a week. And if... If you're not ready to give two hours a week for better education for your children and to save your country, then maybe the country's not going to make it. That's right. This is up to the citizens. The organization is entirely a voluntary organization. This started with 20 or 25 people meeting in an office in Pasadena. Thank you, Doug. Thank you for being on the show. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.